but it's now time for the rural news with Sally Murphy in Ōtetahi. Kia ora, Sally. Farmers are at a loss. Kia ora, Charlotte. That's right. One advisor says many farmers will be working 50-hour weeks for the rest of the year without taking home a paycheck due to falling commodity prices. Schedules for sheep and beef continue a downward spiral with competition from overseas producers and lower international demand. And slower demand from our biggest market, China, made Fonterra downgrade the midpoint of its forecast milk price by a dollar late last week. Agribusiness expert Peter Alexander says says it's tough for farmers at the moment and more have been asking for help. At the moment, there's going to be a lot of New Zealand farmers, dairy farmers in particular, and sheep and beef farmers and probably quite a number of business people who are going to work 50 hours a week this year and receive very little, if any, wages at all. That's the way we're heading. The big question here is how long will this go on for? If it's anything like two years, this year and the next year, You'll have a big number of dairy and sheep and beef farmers here who will have a major working capital problem. Mr Alexander says the first thing farmers need to do is ensure their budget is adjusted. Do it themselves. They've all got skin in the game. They need to keep doing the budget. By all means, get it peer-reviewed by someone, but do it themselves to see what's really happening using true figures. Secondly, They need to be talking to their bank. They're in no position at the moment, most farming people, to reduce their loan principal. In other words, they're struggling to cope with the interest, let alone loan principal. It's hard to see a lot of farming people being able to pay any loan principal back in the next, say, two years. Thirdly, we haven't got enough income in most farming households and businesses at the moment. And as a result, you need to prioritise this cash flow. You need to decide what are the key things and some things you have to go. There's a skill in saying no to a lot of things. Anyone can say yes, but there's a skill in declining saying no politely. Peter Alexander says things will get tighter as the milk season progresses, so it's vital farmers keep in touch with their banks and keep them up to date with how things are tracking. To other news, changes to animal welfare codes and the rising cost of running egg farms has resulted in small businesses closing up shop. The Egg Producers Federation says in the past 18 months, 20 small free-range farmers have stopped supplying. Executive Director Michael Brooks says ongoing impacts of the pandemic and the ban on battery cages has reshaped the industry. We're certainly seeing more compaction and we always said this would happen as the code changes came in. If you were a cage farmer, the old style cages, to change to any system was a minimum of a million dollars. And a lot of farmers have looked at that, particularly if they're older farmers, and said, I'm not taking that load on. What we've certainly seen is a compaction of the industry, more corporates coming into the industry. The days of this industry being almost entirely family-owned businesses is just um, has definitely changed, and I think, I guess, like a lot of agriculture, we're seeing investors coming into the industry because they're the ones, they're the only ones who can afford to make the uh, the changes and the enormous cost that involves. You know, buying buying land for free range, setting up new systems, etc. So, 
it's um, COVID and the grain prices have been part of that. But it is sad to see what was once very much a family-owned type uh, industry. Uh, that's gone, or it's going pretty strongly. That's Michael Brooks. Kilometres of fence line has been built near Rotorua to try and halt the spread of wallabies, which could potentially cause millions of dollars worth of damage. Dama wallabies have called the area home for more than 100 years. They eat native plants, which are food which are a food source for native wildlife, and compete with stock on farmland for pasture. Susan Murray reports. At the start of last year, Biosecurity New Zealand began a project to build a 12.5-kilometre wallaby-proof fence from Waipa to Lake Rotakakahi to contain the pests inside a specific area within Whakarewarewa Forest. 7.3 kilometres of the fence has been built, with the full project expected to be finished next month. It's hoped the fence will stop the wallabies spreading south. Reporoa dairy farmer and Rotorua Federated Farmers President Colin Guyton says he's never seen any of the Aussie invaders as far south as his farm, but he's worried about if that day should come. He says they're similar to rabbits and how devastating they could be, but their nocturnal tendencies make them a challenge to tackle. A large-scale Hawke's Bay apple grower is hoping to have its pack house back up and running in February, a year after Cyclone Gabriel caused significant damage. Taylor Corp's pack house in Waiohiki was flooded during the cyclone, leaving knee-deep sludge throughout the five-hectare building. Company spokesperson Cameron Taylor says good, says good progress is being made in the clean-up. We've managed to strip the whole pack house, that's all empty, and now it's dealing with insurance companies and going through it's a massive um, what's well, a learning curve for me <laughs> I mean it's a learning curve for the insurance company I think so so big but yeah we're getting there we're winning the odd battle but it's going to be in the years to be honest we're hoping the pack house will be running um, by the 13th of February which is a, you know it's, it's actually amazing and we'll the cool stores will patch them up and hopefully get them fully rebuilt the following year Cameron Taylor says millions of dollars worth of equipment from the pack house has had to be thrown out with new machinery ordered in from overseas. Northland farmers are being asked to keep machinery clean and look out for the elusive Manchurian wild rice plant. An eradication program has been running since 2008 to manage the notoriously fast-spreading invasive weed that can reach up to four metres high. There's a containment zone running along much of the Wairoa River through Dargaville, where it was first imported by boat more than a century ago. But Regional Council spokesperson Joanna Barr says recent flooding may have spread the ground outside of that controlled zone. One of the worst sort of aquatic weeds in NZ, it's one of those transformer species that actually can completely change the ecosystem, the habitat for other species. Once it gets going, it can really dominate large, large areas. She says the wild plant, which is commonly confused with native ropu and flax, spreads through vegetation movement. That happens through water movement, so obviously downstream, but also through flooding. But the other key thing that moves it is um, people, usually on you know dirty equipment, dirty machinery, drain clearing, that kind of thing. Where bits of the um, the rhizome, in particular, that's the that's the, the piece that you know is that'll regrow from, is dug out, stuck in somewhere in the machinery, and moved to another spot. So we do want people to be vigilant for for new sites. 
just because we have had that recent major flooding event. So now more than ever, it can have been moved around. If you can have those sort of front of mind, you know, biosecurity hygiene, not bringing problem weeds, you know, all problem weeds into your farm, into your property, on dirty machinery, dirty footwear. Joanna Barr says there are around 250 sites with Manchurian wild rice across Northland. And just lastly, a British shearer has failed to beat the eight-hour lamb shearing record, which is held by Kiwi Jack Fagan. Stephen Roberry attended the feat in Hertfordshire over the weekend. He shore 706 lambs, breaking the British eight-hour record, but was 48 short for the world record. And that's the rural news for today. Kia pai tērā.